Greetings, it's Chariot Cottage in the Court. For those of you who know me well, normally at this time of the year, I would be actually on a plane in the air heading to Europe. I love my August reset. It is a time where I can step away from the madness of the world and just be. Be present in the gardens, in another country, in peace and quiet, and just savoring the moments. Well, this year we're all here, unintentionally pausing and making the best of it. We've all become very familiar with our gardens and then some. I'm sure that stack of books that you've been meaning to read is greatly decreased. I know I've been dreaming. I have had the best time daydreaming about travels that I had in the past and travels to places I still want to go. So I thought it was the best time right now to chat with my friend Carolyn Mullet of Carex Tours. I am itching to go with Carolyn to some of the gardens that she shows online, on LinkedIn, because I can just step into the picture and just imagine I am there in real life. Let me introduce you to Carolyn Mullet. She's a good person to watch, to know, and to call friend. Good morning, Carolyn. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Terry. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, not a problem. I'm glad I could catch up with you. Carolyn, for my listeners' sake, who are you and what do you do? Well, I am uh, a former garden designer. I retired a couple of years ago. And uh, after doing 30 years of designing in the DC metro area. And uh, at that time, I decided I wasn't ready to stop working. So I uh, started a tour company for gardens. Um, and so far have been doing mainly European garden tours. So that was six years ago. And uh, this would have been our sixth summer. But uh, obviously, we didn't go on any tours this year. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about your tours in a moment. What made you decide to become a garden designer? Hmm. Good question. Uh, I was always interested in uh, the idea of home and what makes uh, the lives that are involved in a home um, supportive and rich. I grew up in the country. My, my family, until my generation, were always farmers. Um, so I kind of combined those two ideas. Uh, with, I didn't really want to be on a farm. Um, I saw too much of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was difficult, <laughs> especially for women. It's very yeah. difficult. Um, and so uh, I combined the, uh, the, my love of the outdoors and plants and growing things and nurturing 
into uh, becoming a garden designer. Hmm. And I, I understand, um, I did a little research. Your mom loved flowers too? Oh, well, my, my uh, right back to my grandmother um, and grandparents, uh, everybody had gardens. Uh, not that, not in the sense that we think of them today, mm -hmm. but you know, they always wanted to make their farms pretty, have something that was beautiful and not just functional. And so my mother particularly was, her, her flower beds were just incredibly important to her. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so she had, uh, well, they were almost, uh, I would say more than a hundred feet of beds that were maybe six, seven, eight feet deep. Oh, wow. And uh, she, of course, didn't buy plants. They were all pass-alongs and, uh, and, she had five children and four daughters and the four daughters helped her in her flower beds. And so I got that love of growing things and nurturing plants from her. Um, not that I knew it when I was at home, I hated the weeding that we had to do. But once I got my own home, was an adult and I had my first home, immediately my love of gardening kicked in and, um, <laughs> It has never changed, you know, 70, I'm now 73 years old. Oh. So, um, so it's been a long time. And yeah, that's deeply rooted in your persona, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is, it very much is. So of the plants that are from your familiar growing up, what are your favorite three? The plants that my mother grew? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now let me, I will, uh, let me think back. Well, uh, one of the things she really loved was Onothera, although she didn't call it that. She called it five o'clocks. Mm -hmm. um, they come out in the evening, they're yellow. That was a really, that's one that she really loved. Yeah. Peonies were really, really one of her favorites. Mm -hmm. And uh, she also did a lot of annual planting. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, uh, uh, and she would kind of change it up each year, but. Um, she did do a lot of annual plantings. Now, do you find that you tend to add a lot of annuals to your personal garden? No, I actually like perennials much better. Mm -hmm. um, although I am, this is, perhaps my last year in my home garden. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be moving to the West Coast uh, to be close to my daughter. And, uh, and so this year when there were spots that I had to fill, I wanted immediate, <laughs> immediate kind of uh, beauty. And so I did buy annuals for those spots this year. But mm -hmm. normally I don't, maybe in pots, but otherwise I don't add them very much. Mm -hmm. um, the other reason is, is that my garden now is in part shade. And so there aren't that many choices. I mean, mm -hmm. I like caladiums, but uh, in terms of the flowering annuals, uh, they generally the ones I like need sun mm -hmm. and I don't have enough. Yeah, yeah. Our garden changes, the lighting changes over time, especially if you stay in that home or that space for a long time. Um, so of the projects that you designed, what would you say is your favorite one? 
or one that really kicks into your memory? Gosh, there are so many. Well, one of the last ones that I worked on that I had actually started working on, I, I worked on it for over 10 years, uh, is in Chevy Chase. It's a, it's a garden that is um, uh, on a slope. In other words, you know, the house is way up from the street and then the land rises behind it. Mm -hmm. It's a small garden, but uh, when I came, there were a lot of empty places. And so I spent a long time finding out what would really grow well there and make it a lush garden. Mm -hmm. And we had gotten pretty far on that when all at once they decided they wanted a lap pool um, or a plunge, actually it was a plunge pool, uh, a narrow pool that was maybe, you know, five feet deep. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so they had that put in and then that meant that I had to redo everything again. New paths, new, uh, you know, uh, uh, stone around the pool. Uh, they also put in an, uh, a porch at that time, mm -hmm. a, a separate porch. It was a freestanding porch. Mm -hmm. And so then I had to redo the hillside and the retaining walls <laughs> and all of that kind of thing. That was pretty typical, you know, our area is so the land, nothing is flat. And right. so there's almost every project that I did had retaining walls and steps and, um, you know, connecting paths and things like that. So that was a big part of mm -hmm. you had to know about that or you couldn't really make a good garden. And mm -hmm. then the plants, because, it was, because it's part shade, we were able to just fill it and they don't have deer. <laughs> so nice. it's so wonderful. We were able to fill it with all kinds of things from ferns to hydrangeas to uh, iris and uh, hardy geraniums and um, uh, the winter blooming jasmine on the mm. retaining walls. Mm. Um, just a whole lot of stuff and, gr and some grasses too. Mm -hmm. um, well, first them. of all, what happened to their deer? It's DC. They never, they never, well, it was Chevy Chase Chevy and Chase. they never had deer because it was all fenced in. It's wow. at, it's in a location in Chevy Chase where the houses are fairly close together. Mm -hmm. And uh, so everybody has fences to give themselves some privacy. Okay. So the back of their, uh, there are deer in front, which we have dealt with. Mm -hmm. And in the back, uh, there's just no deer. So it was like wonderful to be able to grow hydrangeas and um, you know well just anything they there's nothing there to eat them so. wow that's a blessing that's for sure <laughs> it, it it was it was great fun great yeah. fun yeah it's it's august but i've seen um deer already and it's like uh oh here we go yeah i have deer in my yard every day all uh, during the winter during you know all the time wow so, so yeah. what's your, your favorite deer-proof plant? Um, what, well, it there's so many that are good. Um, mm -hmm. The first thing I think about for any kind of uh, ground cover or a lower plant are, are grasses and carexes. Mm -hmm. So I have chasmanthium and 
I have like six or seven different kinds of Carex that I use. Um, and then uh, there, there are the shrubs. I think, you know, my deer will eat my viburnums up to a certain point, but if I have tall viburnums, which I do have, you know, I get wonderful flowering out of them and then berries in the fall and great fall color. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think. The various, uh, you know, I could stand up and look outside. Um, I have started growing things like persicarias, mm -hmm. which I had never done before. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I find that I have enough sun for that. And uh, things uh, uh, like Amsonia. Yes. Those are the kinds of things that I, you know, I love perennials. And I don't yeah. get a whole lot of flowering. You know, I have flowering for periods. Oh, Monarda. My Monarda just finished, and I hope it will repeat. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, uh, I pinched them all back and gotten deadheaded them. Yeah. So have you had more time to play in your garden since we've oh, been unintentionally pausing? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I want to tell you, Terry, I, I know a lot of people think this pandemic is horrible, but for me, it's been such a blessing. Oh my God, I've never had a summer like this because normally I'm either working, building gardens or I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. And so this is the first time I, I can go out every day <laughs> and not just once a week or once every two weeks. I've always had to have help in my gardens because mm -hmm. I I don't have enough time. I didn't have enough time, but mm -hmm. this year I've been able to do almost a, a, a huge part of it myself. And uh, it it's called a gift, right? <laughs> it's a gift. It really is. Yes, and I've gotten more acquainted with the birds and the insects and all those things that you have to kind of stand still to see, you know, and to be be aware of. Mm -hmm. And I never had the time until now. So. Yeah. Okay. I like to say that this period of unintentional pausing has given us the opportunity to be present in our garden. Yes, that is perfect. That's exactly the way I feel. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Carex, and that's going to bring me to Carex Tours. Tell me about Carex Tours. Well, it's a little tour company. I'm the only employee, although I have a team of professionals that I hire to do various things. Um, and we have so far done approximately four tours a year, sometimes five. Um, and uh, we have an emphasis what, what distinguishes this little company and what I'm most interested in. And my tour members seem to agree, is uh, that we try to include a lot of 21st century gardens. Um, so the itineraries are built around gardens that are of our time. And although we occasionally have historical gardens, mm -hmm. mainly we're talking about gardens that have been made in the 21st century. We are, uh, our tours are approximately well, our tours are usually about eight or nine days long, and we see about two gardens per day. So it's not rushed. You aren't in and out of a lot of gardens. You get a chance to really spend a good hour and a half to two and a half hours in each garden. Um, and uh, the 
Group sizes is small. Uh, I take no more than 20, and we have to have 10 in order for a tour to proceed. So between 10 and 20, we stay in four-star hotels. We travel uh, in a modern coach, uh, a lot of times a Mercedes coach. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, our the, another way in which we, my, my tours distinguish themselves are, is that it, we're more interested in the design of the garden and how plants are used in the garden. And so we talk a lot about things like, you know, is the garden inward looking or does it look out to the larger landscape? In other words, how does it engage with its environment? That's a really important thing to understand. And the first thing I hope my tour members think of when they go into a garden. And then what style is it? Is it formal? Is it informal? Is it a mixture of the two? Is it curvilinear? Or is it with straight lines? Um, is it mainly floral? Or is it evergreen? Is it tidy? You know, really, uh, you know, really, uh, extremely well taken care of so that there's nothing out of place or is it a little wild um, and then I want everyone that travels with me to be at least aware of uh, is it a garden for people to live in is there or is it something that's a display is it something to look at and those two things, you know, determine a great deal about how the garden will be developed. Um, and then I always uh, want people to be aware of if there's water in the garden and does it welcome wildlife? Um, that whole thing of uh, what is the garden for? And does it include the creatures that are in the surroundings? That pretty much describes why what I want my tour members to to learn or to to how I want them to be in the garden mm -hmm. um, how that I want them to feel about the tours and what they can expect out of them it sounds like your tours are for the conscientious gardener they are they're for, for the more serious person mm -hmm. um, it's not you know uh, because we have a small size. It's not meant for someone. Uh, it's not a vacation, mm -hmm. but also it is a lot of fun. And you're with people who also love gardens at the, at the same level that you do. And we learn from each other. Yeah, yeah. I bet that makes for great dinner conversation too. It is, yeah. It, it's a good conversation on the coach and at dinner and, um, you know, they're memorable uh, events in our tour members' lives. People come back to me years later and say, I, you know, it's, it was the highlight of my life or something like that. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to pat myself on the back too much. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think we design thing, uh, uh, an itinerary that gives the guard, the people that are open to it, a great deal. Mm -hmm. And so... When you think of the places to go, you obviously have favorite places that you go. 
Um, what's your number one place and why? It's impossible today to not feel as though England is the best place for gardens, to see gardens. There are just so many of them. And there are so many that are very high quality. They're wonderful designs and they're maintained beautifully. They know how to take care of gardens in amazing thing to see, you know, the most perfectly pruned wisterias and roses. And then the design of the gardens, you know, they understand everything from, you know, how wide a path needs to be to what kind of materials to use. It's all just very top notch. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm of the gardens that are that open to coach parties like mine. Um, they're, they're really uh, outstanding. As a, as a gardening culture, the English have a really outstanding gardening culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I normally go to, France, to Paris mm -hmm. and I'm in love with like the, the gardens of the Tuileries and uh, Giverny. Mm -hmm. However, last year I did a brief three-day scent in England and I'm going to kind of switch it when we can travel again and go back to England first and then touch on Paris. The gardens were amazing. They are amazing, yes. I'm oh. so glad you're doing that. Uh, they, they are, uh, you know, I think anyone who loves gardens, mm. there is so much that you can learn and there's so much deliciousness for your eyes. Yes. It's, it's, it, it's, you get to see the beauty that can be made in a garden better in England than almost anywhere else. Now that does not mean that I don't think there are absolutely outstanding gardens elsewhere. There are, mm, right. but there are more of them and it's more prevalent you know, you can put yourself down in almost any spot in England, and by driving a couple of hours, you can find dozens of gardens yeah. that are probably really going to knock your socks off. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they just really do it well. Yeah. And just wandering, just wandering through the neighborhoods even, it was like, it's mm -hmm. outrageous. I mean, it's, it's just outrageous. right here. Yeah. I mean, I was like floored. Uh -huh. uh, in fact, one night, um, I really couldn't even sleep. I've, my intention was to go to the David Austin Gardens, which I did go the night oh, before. Good. I just couldn't sleep. And when I got there, it was like, I've just fallen into heaven on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, you're, you, you've described it perfectly. That is exactly the way it is. Yeah. Um, so England is the first place that I would say, if you're interested in gardens, um, you should go. But if you're interested in, let's say, uh, a, a more naturalistic kind of garden, mm -hmm. like Pete Aldolf's, mm -hmm. there are plenty on the continent that you can see. Um, and I do have a tour that features his gardens. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I, I've done it now. Well, this would have been our sixth year, but uh, I hope next year will be our sixth year of, of doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we go both to the Netherlands and to Germany. And then we look at naturalism, how naturalistic planting has been expressed by other garden makers. Uh, we do 
four or five by peach, and then we move on to others. Um, and if we're fortunate, and Pete is home. We, he, he, he has made me this lovely offer, which I can, he will always accept my groups. So um, even though he doesn't, uh, he no longer uh, uh, is open to other, to other groups. Mm. Um, but because my groups are a little bit more seriously into gardening, I think he finds them, um, he finds the people Mm-hmm. He has something in common with our with our travelers. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you know uh, when people have a passion and they go to all the work of designing to express what they're trying to put out there, they want other people to come visit that understand, mm-hmm. and that's important. His work is absolutely phenomenal, I must say. So, what tour do you have coming up? We're just going to say 2021 because we're just going to right. I'm not immerse that, ourselves locally this year. <laughs> okay, so next year, I I hope if the pandemic has been reined in and we are able to travel again, um, I will in May do the uh, a tour that I've repeated every year. It's called Chelsea Flower Show and Private Country Gardens. Oh wow. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a tour. Uh, this is the third week of May, um, May 19 to 27. And then uh, we go to 12 Gardens. We go to the Chelsea Flower Show. We go to the Garden Museums. Two of the gardens that we're going to see are moated gardens. So in other <sighs> words, they have a very, very long history, but they have newly renovated or have gardens that have been added to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one garden that we're going to, uh, if it all works out well, uh, that's only 10 years old, and that's a garden called Malverley's. Um, it's the head gardener there is extremely, extremely uh, creative, and um, he's just made this sensational garden in that short period of time. Um, then we're also, we have a, we're going to a vineyard that has a beautiful garden. And uh, they have a restaurant connected to the vineyard. So we'll have dinner there. Um, And we're staying in uh, for, I think, four nights. Yeah, it's four nights uh, in a medieval village. Um, And we'll have uh, one afternoon and evening for um, our tour members to explore. They'll be free to do whatever they want uh, and wander around this village. it's uh, it's going to, it's really going to be a fun tour um, because it has all of these. In a way, I think Americans would think of them as, as grand gardens, mm-hmm. uh, but they're also what you noticed when you went to England. You know that they just they're really beautiful, beautiful um, designs, and they're wonderful to walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the first tour and then I won't go into detail about the rest of them but uh, in July I'm going to have England in full flower and this Mm -hmm. is I don't normally do this is my first time um, Mm -hmm. that I'm just emphasizing flowers 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 and uh, it's to gardens and that we're going to go to gardens that are particularly uh, filled with flowers in the middle of the summer Uh, you know 
most of them will have lots and lots of roses and all kinds of, well, just any garden that you can think of that's in the sun uh, will have that. Plus, well, if you're interested in going to Hidcote, we are going to Hidcote, which oh is one of the great, great gardens of England. It's, uh, you know, was made in the early 20th century by an American, mm -hmm. and it still remains a really groundbreaking uh, garden that's lovely to see um, and we'll go to an RHS uh, the Royal Horticulture Society garden uh, at Whistley uh, which is to my way of thinking one of the best teaching gardens I've ever been in it's gorgeous but it also just has these small demonstration gardens that really give you a lot and then I told you about the Pete Aldolf Garden yeah. uh, tour that's in uh, August. And then for the final thing, we're going to go to your lovely uh, favorite place to go. Uh, we're going to France to the Gardens of Normandy in late September. And oh, wow. Monet's Garden. And then um, uh, a number of other gardens, uh, you know, that are in the country. We don't actually go into Paris, although we fly into Paris and then we leave and go to Normandy. Mm -hmm. wise move <laughs> so yeah. wow that just sounds sounds absolutely amazing and that's just 2021 <laughs> yes and then if i can i i'm working on uh, a tour to go to morocco mm -hmm. and i think that might be at the end of 2021 i'm not sure mm -hmm. uh, maybe it'll be in the spring of 2022 and then also in 2022, uh, we're going to Japan. Oh. So uh, it'll be Japanese gardens, um, which I'm extremely excited about because I've never been there. Yeah, yeah. So, wow, that just, your roster sounds like a smorgasbord of gardens, gardens, and more gardens. Yep, that's it. Oh, man. Amazing. Well, and Chelsea has caught my eye. What are the temperatures like when you go? Is that part of how you choose when to travel to these places? Well, the, yes, actually, that's a very smart question because that's the first thing I look at uh, when I'm trying, I'm going to a new area. I want to know what are the temperatures. So we wouldn't go to Italy in the middle of the summer, mm -hmm. but spring or fall is a good time to go to Italy. Uh, Morocco, again, very, very hot in the middle of the summer. Mm -hmm. So you would only go in the spring and the fall. Um, in England, it actually, uh, until the last few years, it has actually been always chilly in, uh, for the Chelsea Flower Show tour. But it has started getting hotter. And, uh, but a lot of times in May, you still have to wear a sweater at night. Mm -hmm. because it's chilly mm -hmm. um, and sometimes during the day so sometimes you end up wearing a little jacket um, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know climate change is real mm -hmm. it <laughs> like, is it is and so you know they've had hotter temperatures in Europe for the last few years than they've ever had and uh, so um, I, I you know I'm still going on the assumption that August is a decent time to go to uh, Europe mm -hmm. for the Pete Aldolf tour. 
But, you know, it may be if we have another really, really hot, hot summer, they do, with no rain, uh, you know, it may be that we'll have to move it to a cooler time of year, like uh, mm -hmm. September. Um, so I always look at weather. That's right. always a consideration, yes. Right. And if you have to push it, you know, to September, will the visuals of the garden change much? You are right. Yeah, it won't. There won't be as many flowers mm -hmm. in the Pete Aldolf Gardens. What you find is uh, is the uh, uh, you know the grasses take over in terms of drama, mm -hmm. and it becomes much more uh, you know tan, beige, taupe, uh, brown. You know, as Aldolf says. Brown is a color too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, there, uh, that, that there is, you know, we, it is different, but it has its its different beauty. Um, it's not, but it's not going to be fluoriferous. You're right. Mm -hmm. In my world, the garden is always beautiful, even in the winter time. And like he says, brown is a color because I have all perennials in my front, so. In the wintertime, it's like, she has nothing there but a bunch of camellias and that's it. Well, that's because in the spring, it just starts, the garden party starts. Mm -hmm. So in the wintertime, it's a time for rest. It's a time for nesting. So brown is okay, you know? Yeah. So that's so I cool. Agree. Well, I, I, I need to uh, dig deeper into these, these tours. What is your website? How can we reach you? And do you have any other projects you want to share? Projects? You mean like design projects? Or? Do you have a book in the making? Oh, <laughs> okay. First of all, uh, let me give you the uh, uh, website, Carex Design, C-A-R-E-X-D-E-S-I-G-N.com slash Tours, T-O-U-R-S. All righty. If you just put into Google, you know, Carrick's Tours, it will come up. Yes. Okay. All righty. And about that book. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a book coming out and uh, they're now telling me it's going to be in November. It's changed a number of times. It's with Timber Press and the name of it is... Um, Adventures in Eden, an intimate tour of the private gardens of Europe. Uh, so this is a book about um, how gardens are made by passionate that are connected with their homes. Um, and some of them are designed by the homeowner, and I call these owner designer, and some of them had help from some other people, from professional designers. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it covers uh, a lot of countries from England, of course, to Ireland, Scotland, uh, a few in Scandinavia, Germany, the Netherlands, um, France, Italy, and Spain. Wow. And, uh, um, and that it's only there, it couldn't be anywhere else probably. Mm. And they uh, they have very special 
um, places in the garden that are a revealing of their creative desires and of their um, their uh, abilities as gardeners. Um, you know, all of them made many, many mistakes and learned from those mistakes. One of them told me, uh, you know, if you if you're not making mistakes, well, then not, you're not trying hard enough. You're not, mm. because you're, you need to make mistakes in gardening in order to learn what to do. Mm. And that, you know, some of them, you know, had huge numbers of plants that died, but then they learned from that and they went on. Um, so they weren't gardens, discouraged by their failure. Right. Mm -hmm. And these gardens, all of them can be visited, not necessarily all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. But if you if you call them or, you know, write to them, um, you can see when they are open and when you're able to go. So there are gardens that are open at least one day a year. Most of them are open more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and that they invite um, travelers to come visit. Nice. And that's November? It's coming out November. I think it's 11th or something like that. All right. Well, we will be definitely looking for that book. Well, Carolyn, I want to say thank you. You've made my morning, but anything gardening will make my day. Uh, I look forward to the book, and I'm absolutely going to check some of these tours out. Good. We'd love to have you on a tour. What a wonderful time I had with Carolyn Mullet of Carex Tours. A virtual breakfast that left me with the rest of the day dreaming of Wisley, Hidcote, medieval gardens, moats, and visiting an RHS garden. I'm going to be eating Cheerios until it's time to travel again. But in the meantime, as usual, I leave you guys with a few words. These words are from Andrew Weil, and I might have used them before, but it just seemed appropriate after hanging out with Carolyn first thing in the morning. Gardening makes sense in a senseless world. By extension, then, the more gardens in the world, the more justice, the more sense is created. Mm. Those words mean so much to me today. I invite you to follow me on my website, cottageinthecourt.com, Instagram and Twitter, Cottage in Court, and of course, my collaborative podcast with Peggy Riccio, Gardens and Plants, where we are here, there, and everywhere. We're talking about plants, we're talking about gardens, and everything in between. Follow us as well. Until next time, this is Terry, dreaming of European travel. <laughs>